Welcome to Grounds for Discussion, a book club podcast for the average Joe. Hey everyone, welcome back to Grounds for Discussion. I'm Becky. And I'm Laura. And today we are talking about the book, A Fall of Marigolds. Um, So Laura, I think we decided you were going to do a little synopsis, but before we do that, do you want to talk about um, any new coffee that you're drinking lately? Uh, Sure, yeah. So I uh, have this really sweet sister who gave me some caribou coffee. Mm -hmm. So I did some French press caribou, and I just did, like, um, you know, I did some, like, poured it over ice and then did a little bit of, like, you know, like whipped cream, Mm -hmm. just like the really lightly whipped cream or whatever. Yes. Um, Yeah. Delish. Yummy. Yes. How does it differ from, like, what do you usually brew? Um, most days lately I've been doing, um, the, uh, the manual espresso maker. Okay. So it's a, it's a, it's not, a, it's not quite as strong cause it's not espresso. Okay. It's, it's just coffee. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's delicious. I do love caribou. I haven't, Good. like I said, I haven't, hadn't had it in a long time right. before yeah. you gave me that because we don't have caribou by us. Yeah. So. Special treat. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm doing my usual. However, on the top, I... Um, recently discovered, and maybe I've talked about this before, so I'm sorry if I have, but, um, I've discovered (laughs) it's like in a ready whip, um, like spray container, but it's actually, um, coconut milk. So you spray it on. Yeah. Like you would ready whip, but it's coconut milk and it is so good. And, um, yeah, I remember you saying that you, you yes. can get that now where yeah. it's not I it's also, not there's another, cream. um, what is it? It's not coconut milk. It's almond milk. So there's two different kinds, but my nice. favorite is coconut. So it's just a special little treat on top of the yes. coffee, you know? Yeah, exactly. Well, I have to say, I, I have always, ever since I became vegan, I've done soy at home, mm. um, unless for some, like, some things I'll use milk for in yeah. like recipes and that kind yeah. of thing. But if I'm just like drinking stuff or putting it on cereal or that kind of, or yeah. latte or whatever, I would just use soy. Well, recently, I think I told you this, but like the uh, store didn't have regular soy. They only had like the sweetened soy and we used the unsweetened. Oh yeah. So I was like, well, I'll try some coconut and it works really yes. well in stuff. Yeah. It, it really does. does. Like you think like it will be too much like, oh, coconut, that's going to be. No. You know, like just like too coconutty, but it's really nice. Yeah. I was, I was surprised so I might do that sometimes now if they don't have my soy you yeah know, just I for yeah. some reason enjoy I do soy like in any drink that I get like from a store like if I you know yeah the well it, coffee shop I feel like it's whatever. more prevalent yes yeah. although they do have almond milk now and they have coconut milk but for some reason the flavor yeah. of soy in a latte is I really like that it's my preference yeah. for some reason yeah I, don't know. I I'm kind of used to that now so yeah. I'm the same way but but I do feel like a lot of places are getting a lot more choices yes. now so you can do yeah. you know almond or even, coconut or um, even oat the you oat know. milk yeah have yeah. you tried that I I have but I've only tried it in it was in a Starbucks drink okay and it was like like the I don't know if you've heard of it it's like brown sugar oh something hmm. like um and it's like a, a shaken espresso drink. Huh. 
Interesting. And I honestly, I wasn't a huge fan. I was surprised. Why? What did you like about it? Um, I just didn't really like the overall flavor profile. I really thought I would enjoy it. No, I I haven't tried like oat milk and anything else, so I might be fine with the oat milk part. Right, that might just be the drink drink. with the combination. Yeah. I think it was just that particular drink for mm-hmm. some reason. I just, the flavor was not, I wasn't especially fond of it. Yeah. Um, it wasn't bad. It just was like, mm. yeah, yeah. You know. Why pay $7 so, yeah. for this one? Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, it's got to so. be really worth it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. In fact, I, and I hardly ever do this, but the lady had been so nice. She was like, oh, are you trying it for the first time? Yeah, I was like, yeah, I'm trying it. Uh-huh. She's like, if you don't like it, just let us know. We do not uh-huh. mind. Just come on back. So she had been so nice about yeah. it that I actually did end up going back and be like, you know, I'm not overly yeah. fond of it. Well, She's like, that's totally fine. That's one thing I will say about Starbucks that I love is that yes. they are so good to customers, for the most part, usually. Yeah. And yeah. they will bend over backwards to, like, make sure that you're happy with your drink. Yeah. So. Well, I know that was how I felt, too. I was like, I don't want people to walk right. around with a drink they don't like. Right. That's, you know, I want you to like what you're drinking. So if right. you don't, bring it back. I am mm-hmm. totally fine making you something else, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. Um. But yeah, so that's what I am drinking today. Awesome. Well, I am currently drinking mine, so if you hear a slurp here and there, yeah. sorry about that. I know, right? <laughs> sorry, folks, because I literally have it right here on the desk yes. with me. Yes, so. yep, me too. Yeah. <laughs> Which is always a good idea when you're around recording equipment. Right? Oh, right, to have a um. hot beverage in your hand. <laughs> well, mine's cold, but yes. <laughs> ice. Oh, man. To have ice around your computer. Yes, ice. You know, all that <laughs> stuff that goes so well with electronics. Um, all right. But, yeah, so you want to dive in here? Let's, uh, I sure do. Let's, let's talk about this here. Yeah. So, okay. Give us so a little summary, is, Laura. Okay, um, so the book is called A Fall of Marigolds, and it's by Susan Meisner, and um, I read a little thing from maybe the back of the book or something mm-hmm. where it talked about um, kind of her style of writing oh, and yeah. how she goes about writing and that kind of thing, yeah. and um, apparently this is a kind of a, a, um, a pretty normal motif for her, where she would use kind of two different eras and yes. sort of tie them together with a tangible object. Mm-hmm. So um, in this particular book, she writes about two different women who are separated by 100 years and both lived in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Um, one woman, her name is Clara, lives in 1911, and she lives in New York, um, Manhattan. And then the other woman, her name is Taryn, and she lives in 2011 in Manhattan. Um, and they're tied together by an object, and it's a scarf. Mm-hmm. And so throughout the book, um, you get snippets of each of their stories that sort of explain how this t- uh, this scarf ties them together um, and how they both had links to this, this scarf. Um, so, yeah, um, the one woman, Clara, who lives in 1911, has been um, in... in a uh, fire that happened in Manhattan in 1911. And it was um, apparently a really um, big kind of scandal at the time, and it actually sort of pushed forward um, new labor laws and the idea mm-hmm. of worker safety. Mm-hmm. Um, because this particular factory that that caught on fire was just extremely unsafe. And um, 
when the fire happened, people couldn't get out because doors were locked and this kind of thing. And so it was just a disaster. And so it sort of spurred this whole idea of we have got to get, you know, some some labor laws in place to protect, you know, workers. Right. Um, so she is really scarred by this incident because there's a man who died in it and she wa- she saw him die. And she was very like she was. She was in the beginning stages of a possible relationship with this man. And they had never actually gone on a date. They had never done anything, but she just really felt connected to him. And she thought that if he had lived, they would have ended up being married. So because of this, she's very traumatized and she wants to go to a place that's not home because she's from Philadelphia, but is also not Manhattan because she just needs an in-between place. So she applies to work as a nurse on Ellis Island, where all the immigrants come in and have to be checked for um, for diseases and that kind of thing to make sure they're not bringing in any um, germs. And so that's what she does. She works there and she just never leaves the island. And eventually she meets a man who sort of forces her hand on it and um, she realizes she that things need to change for her. Mm-hmm. Um, on the other end of the spectrum in 2011 is a, the woman I said, her name is Taryn and she is, uh, she's involved in, um, the towers coming down on, on September 11, Mm -hmm. 2001. And it's 10 years later and she has a little daughter who's 10 years old. Mm -hmm. Um, and basically she realizes that she's kind of been in an in-between place for 10 years as well. She hasn't wanted to tell her daughter what really happened on that day. Um, because she doesn't want to traumatize her daughter. Um, and also her husband actually died in the North Tower and she doesn't want her daughter to feel bad about, um, her father dying on that day. So she doesn't want to talk about it basically. Mm -hmm. Um, and in the end, she ends up being in contact with a scarf that Clara, the woman from a hundred years ago, also was in contact with. So I think I'm just going to leave it there because there's a ton of details, but, um, but that's kind of the basic overarching story, Mm -hmm. um, between these two women. Mm -hmm. So yeah, like what, first of all, who, which one did you identify with Mm. more, Clara or Taryn? I think Clara, I, I really enjoyed reading her story. Um, more so than Taryn's. And I think it was because of the historical side of it. Although parts of Taryn's were, I could really identify with in that everybody remembers where they were on 9-11. You know, that's just like, and when you start reading about this lady who had, um, who was there, you know, obviously fiction but still like you think of oh where was I and what was I doing and everybody has that kind of story and some sort of connection to it so I did feel a sense of connection to Taryn in that sense but Clara I think she got wrapped up in um just the mundane and the daily grind of things and she kind of hid behind her role And I can definitely identify with that sometimes in my life. So I think for me, that part of the story was much more intriguing. And um, 
I saw myself in her. Okay. Yeah. What about you? I am going to say probably more so Taryn. Okay. Um, just because of what you said, like, it's just, it's such a, mm. every, everyone knows, like, that's just such a familiar yes. um, thing, like, yeah, I mean, it just takes me right back, and you mm-hmm. just, you remember all those feelings of when you first figured out how big a deal this was, yes. and, like, what was, you know, like, just the first feelings of, okay, so a plane, that's happened before, and then into something's weird here and then into you know just all the that that progression of feelings that everybody went through in this country yeah um and around the world i mean people around the world were watching it going Mm -hmm. what is happening you know like um so i i think i kind of identified more with her just because of that particular storyline yeah but i did a i did i did enjoy clara's Mm storyline um but yeah had you had you ever heard of that fire the shirt the shirtwaist factory fire Uh, no i hadn't and i was like man what was going on and like did i learn about this and not remember or was i never probably not because no probably not i i do not remember learning about that in history any time in my education but it was it was very interesting um you know because once i read like fiction books, I want to research them, especially if they're historical fiction. I'm like, Ooh, when did this happen? Why did this happen? You know? So, right. um, I knew you, I was like, Oh, I bet you anything Becky started researching (laughs) that as soon as she was done with that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I did after I read it. Um, but I had not heard of it before. Had you? Well, it's weird because I started searching my memory and I, I had, I, it seemed to ring a bell for me. And I'm like, that's right. There was something about that. And I think I had read another fiction book that had sort of had that as oh. a piece of the story. Okay. Um, and I'm trying to remember, I think it was actually a Grace Livingston Hill book, if you can imagine. Grace Livingston um, so Hill. It was, Who is that? She um, is a, she's, she was a Christian author oh, and okay. she, I mean, I think she was writing in like the twenties and thirties and stuff. Wow. Okay. Um, so she's an older author, but I mean, not alive now, but you right, know, um, right. she wrote years and years ago. Hmm. Um, and so I think it was much more contemporary when she included it okay. in her, in her stuff. Right. Um, I, I'm pretty sure that it was one of her books. Okay. Um, but I'd have to go back and remember which one it was right. and what the plot was. But right. I think that she included it. And I remember thinking, what? Like, hmm what is this? You know, exactly the same thing. So, um, I guess, but yeah, I guess I identified more with the character and not with the, um, circumstances. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, cause if I would say just circumstances, obviously it would be Taryn cause you know, I remember 9-11. And I think part of the reason I'm sort of latching onto circumstances more than the actual yeah. characters because I didn't necessarily identify with either character. Okay. So I kind of then went to which storyline makes the most yeah. impact for me personally. And of course it's going to be Terrence. Exactly. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I have to say that's kind of leading me into one of my other questions that I wanted to talk about, okay. which is, did you, did the storylines feel real to you or which storyline felt more Okay. True to life to you. There were parts of both that didn't feel real. 
Like, okay. Um, when it came to Taryn, I think, um, at the end when she, um, like, so there's this guy that she sees on the street that helps her out, like while the buildings are falling down, um, he pretty much saves her life. Like he helps her survive. And then years later, she meets him again. And I just felt like that was a little bit forced. Like, I, I can see that. I understand where a lot of these, like, survivors did come back together and try to find each other. And But she wasn't, it seemed like in the story, she, ha- she wanted nothing to do with the events that happened. She didn't really want to remember. She didn't want to tell anybody. So... Yeah. And, you know, part of the story is her discovering, like, it's okay to work through those emotions and stuff. Right. But, um, I don't know, that, that part, like, where she possibly could have a friendship or a romantic relationship with this guy at the end seemed a little bit strange to me, because it's like, why does she have to end up with someone? Like, yeah, she, I don't know, that seemed a little strange to me. Um, yeah, I can understand that. And then Clara, the whole time I was thinking, you know, if she just told the guy the truth, she she would there there wouldn't be a yeah. book. Like she just, you know, she she could have just yes. like told him in the beginning what was going on and and she refused to. So that part was a little yeah. bit. I mean, but I liked it because I th- I feel like she wrote in a suspenseful way a little bit. Like, yes. she did it in, in a, uh, she did it well, but, um, I thought it was a pretty big buildup for us, not a huge, like, reveal. You know what I mean? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And, and I think that, um, you're kind of led to believe that there's going to be more between her and yes. Andrew, the man yeah. who, um, the man whose wife died on the way mm-hmm. over. Um, on the ship. And so you sort of go, okay, well, and, and she kind of, I think that was on purpose. I do think she was trying to do that. Yeah. The author was. Um, but yeah, it was a little bit like, huh, where are you going with this? Yeah. Um, but for me, I, I definitely found Taryn's story or story, story easier to believe mm. than Clara's just okay. because, um, and I'm sure it's totally possible, but Clara's sort of history of, like, thinking that she's in love with people who yeah. she barely knows. Yes. I mean, I've just found it really odd. I just well, couldn't relate. Yeah, I kind of could. Here's the thing. that I mean, it's weird. It's totally weird. But, like, when I was single, I would always be like, oh, like, I don't know. I think it's a Christian girl thing. But, like, this is kind of ingrained in you because people ask questions if they just see you talking to a guy, you know. (laughs) And it's, like, I I feel like it's a a culture a little bit. And so I do understand that you go further in your mind and you're like, yeah, we could, you know, get married and da-da-da. Like, I think that's kind of pushed on on Christian girls a little bit. So I can relate to that. that I totally sense. can because I didn't get married oh, until okay. I was 29. So I had, 
you know, almost 30. I was almost 30. So I had, you know, a good chunk of time where I was living on my own and I had those pressures of people saying things or doing things or always trying to set me up or, That part makes sense to me. But what I don't know, like, that part makes sense, sort of the outward pressure of like, hey, are you dating anybody? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but it it does mess with your head sort of. And, and yeah, and sort of leading you to think, oh, well, maybe I could be interested in this person who I just met or whatever. Right. But for Clara, it really didn't seem to come from anywhere but her. Yeah. I mean, she just immediately would like latch on to people. Like, yeah, that was strange. Like the the first time. I don't know. I mean, and I get, and and I even understand to an extent, like sort of latching on to somebody in, in terms of in your mind and thinking ahead of, of what is really happening yeah. to, oh, we could have been married, this kind of thing. But then to, like, stay latched onto that yeah. for so long afterward, yeah. that felt really strange to me, well, too. I'm like... Yeah. I wonder if part of it was just the whole tragedy of the event and that yeah. she just happened to know. I mean, she saw somebody die. Yeah. I, I yeah. have to say, I've never seen someone die and that would be traumatic like I I think she just lived in that fear you know yeah and I understand what you're saying and I do agree that it's strange that she would latch on so quickly and then like her whole life was dictated by that yeah, I, and I think for me, it was more so just that by towards the middle or two, three, you know, three quarters of the way through the book, I was just like, oh my gosh, get over it. All. <laughs> like, I just, I think I was just, I think I was just kind of over it. I'm like, lady, yeah. you need to let go. Like, this is getting a little ridiculous. Like, it's yeah. kind of getting melodramatic here, honey. Like, <laughs> this is a bit of a melodrama now. Like, just, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> and just, and being so, like, she was very... Uh, she held her feelings very close to herself mm-hmm. and did not allow anybody. Yeah. You know, she had, she had one friend who she would tell things to, and that was it. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. I, I understand that to an extent because I'm, I'm an introvert, but yeah. at the same time, like if people ask me things, I'm very different. Like, I just feel like if they ask, then I'm willing to share because right. it might help them. Right. So for me, I just thought, you know, if you had shared this with somebody a long time ago, right. you would have had it off your chest. Yeah. And you wouldn't have been wallowing in this right. for months and right. months and just yeah. not so, so stuck. Uh-huh. And yeah, so I think for me, I was just a little bit like, oh, can we get over it? Like, yeah. you yeah. know, like, <laughs> which is so, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if it was a real person, that'd be pretty mean, you know. I do. I do get what you're saying. I guess I didn't, I didn't read too much into that, but I can see where it'd be super annoying. It's like, come on, Chica, you know, just, it's okay. Move on. (laughs) Yes. Move on. Yeah. Yeah. And I wasn't, I mean, I still wanted to finish it and everything. It wasn't like, you know, awful or anything. (laughs) I just remember thinking, okay, it's time to, Mm -hmm. you know, put on our big girl panties and move on, you know? I found, I guess, (laughs) I also found the history part of it very intriguing, like, um, connecting these two stories of the fire in Manhattan and then 9-11, and also the idea of Ellis Island and, um, Mm -hmm. you know, Clara working on Ellis Island. I, 
I mean, of course there had to be wards where people would have to quarantine and there would have to be yep. nurses and stuff. I never thought of that. I mean, I've been to Ellis Island. I didn't either. And um, I don't remember... I guess, I don't know if we had a tour or not, but I, I remember being, you know, like where they would come and, and I got yeah. to see that part and stuff. But, um, I don't know if anybody ever talked about like the, the quarantine wards or like yeah places where I don't the people would have about to that. stay. Yeah. I, I don't remember hearing anything about that either. And I sort of, um, toward, I think at the end of the book, she she has a little thing about, like, how this is really important to yeah. her because some of the parts of Ellis Island are um, pretty well preserved, but then these hospitals and these different wards yeah. are not. And they need to be yeah. um, renovated and restored because they're falling apart and people yeah. won't have that part of history yeah. um, to, to be able to see. Um, so I thought that was really interesting, too. And I thought, yeah, that's that's true. I mean, yeah. you know, we should probably preserve that. That's part of our nation's history. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think, and she, I also. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just gonna say. I think she um, originally saw like a a documentary or something about Ellis yeah, Island. And I think how you're right. These, you know, these rooms are falling apart, and um, that's kind of where it sparked the idea for her, and then she went from there. But I, I just thought that yeah. was really interesting. Yeah, I agree. Did you know, I, I didn't know this, did you know that um, Ellis Island, and it sounded in the book like there was almost three separate islands mm. that made up Ellis Island. I don't, so I don't know yeah. how the geography I don't looks, either. but anyway. Yeah. Um, did you know that they were made from just the rubble that they pulled out when they were building the subway system? Oh, no, I didn't. I, I did not know that. Huh. I was like, oh my gosh, how did I never know that? Yeah. Huh. Interesting. So she mentioned that at one point, and I'm like, what? Yeah, I didn't catch that. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, so basically when they built the subway system, uh-huh. obviously they had to do something with right. all the, the rubble and rocks and stuff. Yeah. So they just dumped it in the harbor and <gasps> built Ellis Island. That's crazy. I mean, it's just built on rubble, you know, like, wow. <laughs> pile it up. How does it, how how can it stay? Like, how can it, I mean. I don't know. And I think even Clara says unstable. something about that. <laughs> I know Clara even says something about that. She's like, how do you, it's yeah. amazing that they can just pile a bunch of stuff and it'll just stay yeah. there. You know, like. Huh. Yeah. Very interesting. No, yeah. I didn't catch that at all. Um Yeah. Have you, pretty, have you have you been cool. to Ellis Island? Some? I have not. Strangely, okay. I've been to Manhattan, and I feel like I've been pretty much all over Manhattan. But I don't think I ever actually went to Ellis Island. Did you go to the Statue of Liberty? Yes. Okay. So I would have been close, but, yeah. but no, I don't think I actually okay. was able to go to okay. the island itself. Were you able to so, go into the Statue of Liberty? I know old people only talk about this because now there's no way. Um, but... Yeah, I don't think you can go. Anywhere, <laughs> no, can you can't. You? Okay. I don't know that we did. I think we just kind of went and looked at it. Okay. At, like on the ferry kind of thing. Okay. And then just kind of, you know, so I don't know if we didn't have time to do it or if we didn't have money or what. I can't yeah. remember. Hmm. But um, this was on a, a, a missions trip. So oh, it was kind of okay. whatever we had time for in the cracks and crevices gotcha. of our <laughs> missions trip. So okay. um, my guess is we didn't have a ton of time or something. Yeah. Or we hadn't planned it into the budget. Maybe. Yeah. But I would have loved to have gotten off and yeah. 
gone up and yeah. Well, I would have really lo- cool. I would love to do it now too. Like I did it when I was yeah. a senior in high school, no, junior in high school. Okay. And so obviously, yeah. You're a junior in high school. You don't really care about yeah. all that stuff. Uh-huh. Um so I now it's like, oh, I was there and I could have, you know, mm-hmm. like I know. researched this and, you know. But um yeah, we went with um Coralaires and which is like a singing group at our school, our high school. And um and we actually got to go up into the Statue of Liberty and I have a picture. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I have a picture Did you guys sing in there? Of the like we were at the the head and I took a picture yeah. down, you know. Awesome. From there, but um yeah, it was the next year that 9-11 happened. So that was like the last year that yeah, people could crazy go up. Did you, uh, did you guys sing in the, in the Statue of Liberty? I don't <laughs> think we did. We did waiting for the ferry. Um, okay. But we didn't, I mean, then that was just because we were, we just wanted to sing. Not, just we weren't, yeah. we weren't scheduled to sing there or anything. Right, but, right. Yeah. It was just for fun. Right. I always love doing that on our Corollaris trips. Yeah. Wherever we went, we would try to sing somewhere, like in the rotunda at the Capitol or yeah, whatever. Yeah, just that busting kind of thing. out. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> just mostly to try out the acoustics in yeah. some weird places. Yeah. <laughs> So in the book, obviously, it's named after this scarf Mm -hmm. that kind of connects these two women on on different timelines. And um, in the back of the book, there's actually some discussion questions that I found. So I'm actually going to just ask you one of those. Okay. Um, It says, discuss the role of the marigold scarf in the story. Trace its path from Lily to Taryn. How does the scarf enrich the experience of the characters? Would you react to the scarf in the same way that the characters do? So, so that's a, a lot of questions. Yeah, the uh, the scarf. Um, when it comes to Clara, she that was what she saw Andrew wear the first time she saw him, right? Right. Like, wasn't he wearing that? So yeah, he was. That's kind of what made her notice him, and then she got to know him after that and she was his nurse and helped him. Um, and then when it comes to tear, well, you find out at the end of the book that, um, well, Taryn was looking for that material for a client because she had some sort of like, um, not tapestry, but like textile, um, uh, shop. So she, that's, yeah. you know, what she was doing on 9-11. And, um, and so for her, that reminds her of, you know, the tragedy and what happened. And, and somehow that got lost, that material got lost, and then it came back to her. And you discover at the end that Andrew's wife, right? Yes. Lily. She, it belonged to her. um, Yeah. And that's why Andrew had it on. Um, And then doesn't 
So he gives it to Clara. Clara gives it to um, a maid, I think. Yeah. When she moves to Scotland yeah. to be a nurse, um, there's a maid that works for this same family that she works for. Right. And she gives it to her. Yes. And, and then, then it's passed down, right? Yeah, it's passed down. And that's um, what the uh, customer was looking for, right? Taryn's yes, customer? The, Yes, Taryn's customer wanted another scarf made from the same material yes. because she had, like, a cousin or something. Right. Because it was a family heirloom. So right. there were more than one person that wanted it. There was two of them. Yes. Um, so they wanted to make, see if they could get another one so they could each have one. Yeah. And then Taryn um, so that's why Taryn had it at the end because the customer's like, this means more to you than, you know, it would to yeah. me. So Taryn ends up with it. Um. I feel like Taryn and really didn't even. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh no, you're fine. Well, didn't even like on the day of 9/11. Like literally, that's how Mick kind of held on to her. Like he grabbed at yeah. her and he caught the scarf. Yes, or something like that. that. Like yeah, he literally pulled her out by the scarf. I think. Uh huh. Yes. Um, and that was her lifeline. Yeah. Yeah. And I think all these years she's searching for this material. I think she's holding on to it like she's holding on to the memory of her husband a little bit. Yeah. Is what, yeah. how I read it or interpreted it. And then when it comes to Clara, I think she I think she was willing to give it up because uh, it wasn't as important to her as the relationships that she had developed through, Yeah, you know seeing yeah. that scarf for the first time so yeah i think that was one of the questions <laughs> yeah um. <laughs> well i also wondered at the last one said would you react to the scarf in the same oh, way that yeah. the characters do? yeah um i i would think that i would react more like taryn um just because i am a very sentimental person so you know, to yeah. have something like that that would remind me of someone that I love um, would, and I think I would seek it out like she did, you know, because yeah, that just, that would mean something to me. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just tend to be much more sentimental about things like that. Yeah. I think I have become a little more that way. Mm. Um, I think when I was younger, I didn't, it wasn't as much important to me, but now if I had, you know, something of my great grandmother's or something, I think that would be important to me. I think I'd want to keep that and pass it down. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I I, want to ask you because I am actually thinking of something. (laughs) Um, Has there ever been anything that somebody has passed on to you, like from our family or, um, just something that's special like that, that has sentimental value for you? Um, well, I mean, I'm trying to think. I know I've had a few different things over the years that sort of felt like they could be things that I would pass on. Yeah. But I don't know if there's anything that's been passed on to me mm. where I necessarily felt like, um, this is, I have to, you know, keep I want track of this to, so that yeah, I can, right. yeah. Um, 
I know for and, a lot but of... But I'm so weird that way because well, I'm yeah. not as sentimental as you. So right. I sort of... It's not how my brain normally goes, but sometimes I will sort of latch on to something. But I, I can't think of one I know right for now. a lot of girls, their wedding dress, you know, is something that they want uh, to pass yeah. down. Is that something that yeah. you've ever thought about? Or is that just Honestly, totally not, not really. Yeah, that's totally not you. Um, no, because I didn't... I mean... I just, I think, I think that, that definitely, um, has, has been more of a thing throughout, you know, throughout history, but I do feel like maybe it's not as much of a thing as it used to be, maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So I, I didn't really think of my, my dress that way, no. Hmm. But, um, you know, if my, if, if Bryn wanted to wear it. Right. Of course. Right. That's, that's totally fine. Um, but it's not something where I was like, oh, I really, really hope that you know, Bryn will wear, no, I don't, I, that doesn't, right. I guess I, I just don't, I guess I'm just not as sentimental. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. What about you? Like, is that something that I was actually thinking of a couple of things? Um, so for anybody that is listening, that doesn't know our mom, she always makes a joke of, Oh, put your name on the bottom. You can have it when I'm dad, you know, like she, that's like yes. her thing. And I, all of us are always like, no, we're not going to do that. You know, that's awful. <laughs> it's horrible. Just um, start claiming your stuff before you're even right. disgusting. Can I just put my name on this and permanent marker? No. no. Yeah. Um, yeah. But anyway, she had given me um, her tea set from when she was when she was a little girl and she Aww. played with it all the time. I still have it and I played with it as a little girl and you know, I have it and my daughter I don't room. even I need to see that cuz I don't even know yeah, what does it look like? It's blue and white. Why don't I remember this? It's just a little tiny china tea set. I mean, it's breakable, Is it almost so like... I don't let Ellie play with it. But um you know, it's it's there for if we want to have like a special tea party. But I used to play Is it with like it almost all the time. Like curlier knives looking. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So maybe I do know like but it's really small. Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. Like so for, maybe I have for seen baby that. dolls. Yeah. Now does it did it have a case too? It did, but I don't think I have the case anymore. Okay. I don't know okay. where that would be. I wonder where it went. Yeah. Okay. And That's the, really cool. Yeah. I just, I mean, I loved playing with dolls growing up. Uh, I played with, I played with dolls for a long time. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I wasn't 17 or anything, but, you know. <laughs> no, but I do, I do remember your China doll collection yes. and you loved your China doll Yes, collection. I did. So, yeah. Um, so I think that was maybe part of the reason she knew that I would use it and right. enjoy it. And yeah. Yeah. So that was, that's one thing. And that, that is special to me now, you know, cause it's like yeah. something that she had when she was a little girl. And right. then the other thing that I have that is actually in Ellie's room also, it's framed is, um, uh, when our grandma passed away, my mom's mom, she, um, let us, my mom let us have a couple of pick out a couple of things of hers. And one of the things that I chose was a handkerchief. And, um, I have it. See, even back then you were much more sentimental <laughs> than me. <laughs> yeah. It's like a little, you know, it's a decorative one. It's not like to be used. That's but, so cool. Yeah. So I have that framed. And then I also have, um, some, uh, great grandma white did, um, quilting. 
And I have some of her patch pieces that she never used, so. That's awesome. Yeah. See, just, and I don't even remember this stuff. Yeah. And I don't remember being, like, mom saying, hey, take something to grandma's if you want it. And she may have, and I just didn't care. Because yeah. Because I just wasn't that way. Yeah. We were pretty I don't young, know. though. We were, we were pretty yeah. young. Yeah. But you were younger than me. I think I so was So that's in, hilarious to me. Yeah. I think I was in, like, maybe sixth grade I want to say when she yeah you would have been pretty young because it was 96 yeah so I was like 16 yeah or almost 16 like 15 almost 16 Mm -hmm. so even then you were like oh yes I need something and I was like yeah yeah (laughs) why would I why would I want stuff like you know I mean and it's kind of sad to me now because it's like if it had happened now I would definitely be like, oh, right. I want something of grandma. You know, right. like, that just did not even occur to me at the time. Yeah. So I had just one more question. Yeah. And it, it's, this is another one from the um, discussion questions okay. in the book, but um, I thought it was interesting. It says, do you believe in destiny that God has a purpose for each of our lives? Discuss how these ideas play out in A Fall of Marigolds. Now, obviously, I know you believe right. that God does have a purpose for our lives. Right. But did you think that that was the author's view? And did you feel like, just what, what were your thoughts on, on how, all, like, des- kind of the free will versus fate um, in the book? I, if I had to choose what the author might have been thinking I would say that she did have a little bent towards destiny now when I think of destiny though I think of it more as a secular word I guess than like yeah but I understand what the question is is trying to say I think yeah I think there might be in my head a little bit of a difference between destiny and um you know the providence of God or like, right. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, oh, and there is a big difference. Yeah. Though. But I think one is hopefully on the path to the other. And so that mm. maybe people can, if they can start to see that there is something at work beyond just random chance, right. hopefully that's on the path towards seeing right. that there's a loving God who's, you know, mm-hmm. um, who is at work in the world. Right. Um, but I couldn't tell really if. If she, you know, I, I couldn't quite tell what the where the author was coming from, and I suppose that's good because it is fiction. It's yes. not supposed to be right. You know, a treatise on what she believes, but right. I was just curious. Is this author a Christian? I don't know because I, I wasn't sure. I will say that this book is very moral, like in that there's no swearing, there's no uh, sexual content. There's, um, and, and yeah, I, I feel like it's it's a very moral book. Right. Um, in that regard. So, um, I was just curious if she, if she's a Christian author. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I was kind of curious too. And I didn't really even think about it until that kind of aspect came up, especially in Taryn's story. Yeah. Where she talks about, um. Basically, Mick, this man who helped her on 9-11, um, he sees her picture in mm-hmm. a magazine because it's just come up over the um, the 10-year anniversary. Mm-hmm. Her, her picture came up in right. a magazine. 
and um, he finds out, you know, where she's at and calls her. And basically he says, I I have your scarf. Mm -hmm. And she ends up saying, like, I don't want it. Mm -hmm. Like, and the reason that she does that is because um, she, she has spent so long sort of going, you know, what if I hadn't told my husband to meet me at the top of the trade center? And what if I hadn't been running late Mm -hmm. that day? And what if, and what if, and what if, Mm -hmm. and what role does my choices play versus what was just meant to be or what was going to happen or that kind of, you know, the kind of idea, that interplay between fate and, Mm -hmm. and free will. Um, and she's so tired of that merry-go-round that she sort of just says, you know what, I can't, I can't do this anymore. I can't keep asking these questions of myself because there's no answer. So I don't want it. I'm giving up. I'm getting off the merry-go-round. I think as human beings, we tend to think that we do have the ability to change our fate. Um, I do not believe that. I think, I think we have choices that we can make, but I think that, um, was he always probably going to die because that's the time that God wanted him to leave this earth? Yes. That's, I believe that, you know? Yeah. And what, nothing she could have done would have changed that. Yeah. That's what I I believe. I think... That it's just such an interesting question because I, for me, I am a very analytical person. Mm-hmm. And so I, so I, I totally saw myself in that, mm. in that part of the book where mm. she's going, well, what if, what if, what if, and yeah. you know, did I, did I do it? Didn't I do it? Did, you know, this kind of right. thing. And I, I so see that in myself. My, I, I'm a, I'm just a very analytical person, and I can analyze things to death. Where finally I'm just kind of spinning and going, ah, I don't right. know, I don't know. Yeah. And so it's something that I've had to learn over the years how to rest in Christ. Yeah. And how to there, I can't remember as it, Psalm 51 talks about. I've I've learned to calm myself like a. It's it's like something about calm yourself like a babe in Christ, or not in Christ, but you know, mm-hmm. in God's arms, basically. Mm-hmm. Um. And to just rest in Christ and rest in the arms of God and know that um, ultimately he's got it. I don't, yeah. he doesn't, he doesn't expect us to spend our lives torturing ourselves over whether or not mm. um, every little thing is our fault or not. Right. That's right. not, that's not the life he has for us. Right. And so I, in one sense, I love that she says, I don't need it. And then in the other sense, I'm like, but the scarf, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, so, so I just found that interesting. I thought that part was a, such an interesting part. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. I think there was a lot of, um, even with Clara's story, there was a lot about, yeah. uh, fate or, yes, you know, the choices that we make when we make them why we make yep. them and how it affects us and yep. affects, you know, the future. Yep. Yeah. So I, I really enjoyed that part cause it just reminded me like, this is, you know, this is a picture yes. of what happens when you, um, can't stop analyzing and can't, can't find a way to just rest. Yep. In God. Mm. 
Yeah. Um, so, yeah. It's a good reminder. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, I have loved talking about this. I yeah. think we're probably probably about, about at the end here. Did you want to do a, um, do a few reviews? Do, some, do a little rating here? Yeah. Um, okay, a fall of marigolds. I would give it a Javalia, which is a four. All right. Um, I, I waver between an eight o'clock and a Javalia or even, a. how would you combine eight o'clock and Javalia? I don't know. Yes. Yes. Adalia. Yes. (laughs) Um, but I landed on Javalia. Javalia clock. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Because I, number one, love the history of it. Surprise, surprise. Number two loved that this is a book that I could recommend to to people who a, a different set of people who can't and don't want to do the the type of book that you know has swearing or um you know anything in it that could be a trigger um yes I this is a wholesome book like it's yeah it's a good it's a good book to recommend and yeah. Um, and I did enjoy the story too. Um, so, you know, I landed on Javalia. So okay. that's mine. What about you? Nice. And it was funny. I did the exact oh same goodness. thing. I was like, <laughs> I don't know if this is a Javalia or an eight o'clock. Yeah. Again, those eight o'clock is a three out of five. Javalia is a four out of five. Right. Both very respectable, yes. but I was right in that range. So I ended up with a a, a Javalia clock. Okay. So, I mean, <laughs> I I really did enjoy the book overall, but yeah. I definitely, there were moments where I was like, this is like a little bit like melodramatic here. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. like I sort of was like, let's, let's move it along, did, but not in the sense of like that the book was dragging, right. but just that I felt like the characters right. were stagnant. And I think that was supposed to be, it was supposed to be that way. She yeah. was supposed to be stagnant, yes. you know, but anyway, um, did so you yeah, so I ended up at a three and a half. Read? For the most part, I did. I, did I actually too. finished it really yeah. quickly. Yeah. Um, it's not a, it doesn't take that long. No. Um, no. So, yeah. But I, and I, and I definitely, I know this is going to sound weird, but I sort of almost enjoyed um, going back in my own history and thinking about where I was at 9 11 and just yes. Yes. all of that, mm-hmm. um, which I know sounds a little strange, but uh, just it being such a big part of our, our collective history yes. uh-huh. and everybody has their where I was moment, yep. you know, mm-hmm. um, which by the way, where were you? <laughs> um, I was a senior in high school and um, I actually had like a teacher's aid uh, slot of time. So I was helping okay. Mrs. Guess, our, our um, Corlaire's teacher, I was, filing something for her or something and she said she mentioned that something was happening she brought in this big old tv on a roller and yes uh plugged it in we turned it on and i watched it that whole time she let me watch it and then my next slot of time we had macros so it was like four we only had four classes in 90 day. minutes yeah and so the next slot was Corlaire's and she just kept it on she let us watch it yeah. the whole time so i actually huh. saw the um second tower being 
hit. Um, oh my gosh. And yeah, it was, it was crazy. I remember the whole thing, just watching all of it happen in front of me. And, and I remember, um, my only concern was Dan, you know, because at the time our brother Dan was in seminary. No, he, he was in college. And, college, yeah. Um, he went to school in Pennsylvania. So we're like, how, where is that plane? How close is it to, you know, his college? And um, I think that night we found out it was not, or us as a family, we found out that everything was okay. But yeah. Um, yeah. And I know you were in college, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I was. Yeah. Um, I was at Cedarville, which is in Ohio. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't see it all live because I was there early for a traveling team that would come early and sort of work on our on our material that we had to do. And um, so we were reading scripts all day, but we heard about it. And then I saw some of the footage like later that day, mm-hmm. um, but we didn't have a TV nearby where we were seeing it live or anything. But I do remember hearing oh, like Sonic Boom that day. Mm. Um, because we were really close to Wright Pat Air Force Base, oh, yeah. and so I know they actually had to do some some escorting. Mm. Um, I don't know who they were escorting, different officials and mm. you know, vice president, whatever. Yeah. I can't remember. Wow. Um, but I remember being like, the building just shook. Like, what is going oh, on? You know. Wow. Um, so it was, it, yeah, it was a whole it was a whole different one because I know a lot of people had that same experience as you, where they watched mm-hmm. the whole thing. Yeah. I didn't have I didn't have that. Yeah. And I don't think I ever went back and really tried to watch it because I just thought, I don't yeah. think I can handle that. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think I, you know, I think, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It still <laughs> so, gives me chills. I know. I've kind of got chills right now. I totally do. Thinking just, about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Oh, anyway. Sad, sad, sad. <laughs> yeah. But, um... But yeah, so for next time, do you want to tell um, what we're doing? Yes, we are going to read Johnny Tremaine, um, and it is by Esther Forbes. It was actually written in 1943, so it's it's an older classic. Ooh, I love an oldie. Yes, and it's a teenage uh, age, you know, read. Yeah. Um, My son, Micah has required reading and this was actually one that he really enjoyed reading for school and he's like you should do this on your podcast so I was like maybe (laughs) and then yeah you know I absolutely you know I I know this is maybe not every everybody's um thing but I I never used to read you you know young adult or any of that kind of stuff um until probably a couple years ago when we started our book club Mm -hmm. with you know yeah I think was when I I mean other than like you know, Harry Potter and some, right. of, you know, some of that kind of right. stuff I had read, but I didn't think of myself as really caring too much for that younger genre. Well, you know, in the last several years, I've come to realize there are a ton of really good yes. books yes. In, in the, you know, the young adult, uh-huh. even middle grade yes. stuff. So um, I'm kind of excited for this yeah, one. Yeah, me so. too. And, and since, yeah. you know, we have a younger reader who has read it and enjoyed it, that makes me even more yeah. excited because it's like, yeah. okay, you know, it's not completely dry. And, yep. and there has to be something that attracted him to it. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm excited yep. to read it and, and then to, you know, be able to talk to him about it too. So, 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think it's going to be fun. So join us next time when we do Johnny Tremaine by, is it Francis Forbes? Or? Uh, Esther. No, that's not it. Esther. Yep. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Esther Forbes. So yeah, join us next time here on Grounds for Discussion, where the coffee and the books are a perfect blend. <laughs>